My God is my healer and my God is the victor in my life. He gives me the victor. He always causes me to triumph in Jesus Christ. Amen? I, 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 there's a, there's a, um, I think it's in the Gospel of John, I believe, maybe the first chapter, when they asked John the Baptist when he came, in, and came preaching and they wanted to know who he was. And they said, who are you? And they, they asked him this question and said, what do you say of yourself? And he answered that and he said, you know what he said? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. He, he went to the scripture and gave them the answer from the word of God of who he was. That's who he was that Isaiah had prophesied about. So I want to ask you, and this is not my message, this is just warm-ups. <laughs> I want to ask you, see, and we need to ask, what do you say of yourself? What do you say about yourself? Well, I'm, I'm just an old worm of the dust. I just, I'm, I just never can make it. I mean, everything... Uh, you know, if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. <laughs> Amen, you know. And you know, do you know there's a lot of Christians, that's what they're saying of themselves. I, can't, I just can't make it. Well, we got to say about ourselves what the Lord has said about us. Is that right? Do you believe that? Amen. And he has said, we've sang about, we have sang about it tonight. He has said that we are his sons and daughters. He has said about us. And, and you know where you find out what he said about you? Go to the New Testament, to the epistles, and begin to read through the epistles. And th because those are the letters to the church. And those, those tell about what Jesus, those letters to the church tell us what Jesus has done for us at Calvary. Amen. So when you read through those, you look for you look for the phrases in him. Because every time you read and in those epistles where it says in him, that's that's what you are if you are in Christ. The phrases in him, in whom, in the beloved, in Christ. For instance, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away and all things have become new. Well, that's what I'm going to say about myself. I'm going to say I am in Christ. I am a new creature. I've been born again. I'm not the same person that I used to be. Amen? When the devil comes up to you and don't whispers in your ear and says, you ain't no good. You say, no, I am. I am in Christ Jesus. I belong to the Lord. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb and I am redeemed. Doesn't the Bible say in Psalm 107, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Open your mouth and say something. You know, say, say something about yourself and make sure it's what God has said about you, okay? I won't charge anything for that sermon, but I don't even know what sparked that, really. But, uh, but amen. We are children of God, and we are, we, are, uh, we are in Him tonight. Praise God. Open your Bible to Jeremiah chapter 42, and I won't keep you long. 
tonight we get through this pretty quick, all right? Amen. I just want to touch on a few things and share a few simple thoughts, some simple thoughts with you tonight from Jeremiah chapter number 42. And I'm just going to read the first three verses in this chapter or in the book of Jeremiah at this particular time. The nation of Israel had been scattered. They had been taken into captivity. Um, Many of them had been carried away to Babylon. And uh, they were in a position where there were only a few um, that, uh, of the many that were left. And uh, so there was a group that came to Jeremiah. And uh, uh, they, they, they wanted Jeremiah to pray for them that God would give them direction in their life. And I'm going to read this and, and I'll, I'll show you where we're going and take my text here tonight and share a few thoughts with you. In verse 42 and verse 1 said, Then all the captains of the forces and Johanan the son of Korea and Jezaniah the son of Hoshiah. I'm glad they named me Ricky. And all the people... (laughs) And all the people from the least, even unto the greatest, came near. And they said to Jeremiah the prophet, let us, we beseech ye thee, let us, we beseech thee, our supplication be accepted before thee, and pray for us unto the Lord thy God, even for all this remnant. Now notice they were, they were just a remnant that was left. And here's what they said, for we are left but a few of many. Notice that. For we are left but a few of many as thine eyes do behold us. That the Lord thy God, and here's what they they wanted Jeremiah to pray for them, that the Lord thy God may show us the way wherein we may walk and the thing that we may do. That's a pretty good prayer request right there. Amen. But I want to use that text there in verse number 2 where they came to Jeremiah asking for prayer. They were, they were a remnant. They said, for, pray for this remnant, for we are left but a few of many. And I want to use just for a subject tonight, there are still a few around. There are still a few around. And have you ever, have you ever felt like that you were in the minority? Huh? I mean, that there weren't, that there just, you know, you were on the side that there just wasn't that many for you anymore. I, you know, I, I feel that way. I, I feel that the church is that way. We're fewer in number as the church, the true church as a whole. You know, Jesus, Jesus made the statement and said this. He said that, he said that straight is the gate and narrow is the way. And what, how many did he say would be on that? He said few there would be that would be on that road. Few there would be that would find that straight gate, that narrow way and that narrow road. So, you know, we're talking, you know, people talk today about the multitudes and multitudes and multitudes that are, that are getting saved all the time and living for the Lord and how everybody's going to heaven. I wish everybody was going to heaven. 
But the fact of the matter is, everybody's not going to heaven. Only those who know Jesus Christ. But Jesus said there would be few, there would only be a few that would find that way. Peter talked about, talked about Noah and the days of Noah in his, one of his epistles, and he said that in the days of Noah that there were, there were few, only eight souls, few that were saved in the days of Noah. Out of all the multitudes and the millions of, of people and the huge population that there was in that time of Noah, there were only eight people that got on that ark. There were only a few that made it through that flood. Are you listening to me? I don't think there's going to be as many that make the rapture as... Uh, they think we were talking something about that the other day, and I told, I think it was Sister Eda, I said, you know, there's going to be a lot of people shocked the morning after the rapture. We've got to be ready all the time. But here was the situation with, uh, with these men here in, in Israel. They said to, they said, there are just a few of us that are left. And you know, today, I feel like that there's just a few, and, but there are. Here's the good thing. God's always had a remnant. He's always had a remnant. It may have got that, that remnant or that group of God's true believers may have gotten cut down really low at times, but he's always maintained a remnant. And, um, and I believe that in these last days, when we look around and we see, we see it, it appears that, that when we, especially, you know, we look at the world, it's, it just appears that, that everything is arrayed against the child of God and against the church. And we think, you know, boy, we're outnumbered. But God's always got a rim. There's still a few that want the old-time way. There's still a few, I believe, that are around uh, today that, that, that can say and will say that, that they are old-fashioned. Amen. I'm not ashamed to use that term. I've t I tell people all the time. I'm, I'm, they, you know, they refer to me sometimes, well, he's old school. Well, they couldn't give me a better compliment than that. Amen. I am old school. I got a lot of old school ways that I don't plan on changing. Amen. I am. I am a dinosaur. Amen. And I am a little bit old-fashioned. You know, Jeremiah even said over there in the 6th chapter, in the 16th verse, he said, as for the old paths... Wherein is the good way? And I, I you know, I, I still think the old way, the old paths is still the good way. But there's still, uh, there's still a group of old-fashioned, conservative, uh, sin-hating, devil-hating, Holy Ghost-filled people that, um, that, are, that are standing true to God. Can you say amen? There's, there's a lot of people that are against that today, but praise God, I've got news for the devil that there's still a few of us around that are going all the way with Jesus, that are going to take a stand for the Lord in these last days. No matter what comes, no matter what goes, no matter how we're persecuted or how we're talked about or, or what, what comes, uh, comes our way, there's still going to be a few that are going to hang on and that are going to believe God and that are going to go through this thing victoriously. Can I get an amen from this church tonight? Amen. Now, there's still a few around. There's still a few around, in, even in 2019, there's still a few around. And I'm just wondering if I've, if I've got some of them here tonight. But there's still a few of us around that still love this old Bible, this old book. Amen? Am I talking to some folks tonight that love the Word of God, that love the book? Amen. 
I don't know about, you know, I, I don't know about y'all, but I love the Word of God. I love the Word of God. And I think it's time that all of us fall in love with the Word of God, that love this, this book. Um, I, I, I feel like David, you know, when David wrote Psalm 1, he penned that psalm, and he said, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of the scornful. But what was, what was the next phrase? He said, But his what? His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. Thank God, I still, I, I delight in the word. God is looking for a remnant of people that will still love this old black Bible, that will still love the word of God, that will still read the word of God, that will still, let me go a step farther, that will still, that will live by and obey the word of God, that will love it so much that they will live by its precepts and by its statutes. This book is the inspired Word of God. It's God-breathed. It's alive. This book is alive. The words Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are what? Spirit and they are life. Paul said that, that the Word of God is alive. In Hebrews 4 and 12, that the Word of God is alive and powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword and it pierces to the dividing of sunder of soul and spirit. Amen. The Word of God will transform your life. Amen. It'll change you. It'll transform you. And we need some transformation. Can you say amen? We need some transformation today. And the only way that we're going to be transformed into the image of Christ is by getting our mind renewed to the Word of God and letting that Scripture, letting the Word of God change us. In, in Psalm 119, now, of course, I, I, you know, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. There's 176 verses in Psalm 119. And Psalm 119, all 176 of those verses talk about, the, talk about God's Word, talks about His precepts, His statutes, His judgment, and uh, His testimonies. So there's different terminology that's used. And I would encourage you to read Psalm 119 and just, just see how that psalmist, when he wrote that, that psalm, how he, he expressed his love and his desire over and over and over. He said how much he loved the testimonies and the judgments of God and the Word of God. Oh, you know, that's my prayer today, that we'd have a church full of people here at Abundant Life that would fall in love again with the Bible, with the Word of God, that would get a fresh desire for the Word of God. If I could encourage you to do anything, amen, tonight it would be to, it would, it would be to fall in love with this book. And I believe there's still some around. There's still a few that still love the Word of God and love Bible preaching and love Bible teaching. Amen. That Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. That is the only thing that's going to get us through in these last days is to be in love with this book and to hide this Word in our heart. David said, Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against the Lord. Oh, hide your Word in my heart. Meditate upon it as he said, day and night. Always have 
the Word of God on your mind, on your lips, speaking it over and over to yourself. Amen? That word meditate means to, to mutter over and over. It means to ponder. And the word meditate, where he said to meditate on the word day and night, the word meditate there um, actually has the idea of, of a cow chewing a cud. Anybody know anything about that? Amen. You know, a cow has, I don't know, I think it's four stomachs. They have four stomachs. I'm glad I only have one. It's hard enough to take care of that one. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. But a cow has four stomachs. And so they'll eat, you know, they'll eat grass or hay or whatever they're eating. And, and they'll chew that up and they'll swallow that and it'll go and digest, digest a little bit. And, but then they will regurgitate that back up. Amen. And I know Brother Dave, Brother Larry, and them know about cow, cattle and about cows. And they'll, more than I do, but I do know this much about them, they'll regurgitate that back up and, and that's their, called their cud. And they will, they'll chew on that and remunerate that on that and, and all day long, you know. And it will, they'll swallow it, bring it back up, and they'll chew on it again. Amen? Well, see, that's, that's the idea of what meditation is when, when he said for us to meditate in the Word. It's to mutter. It's to say to yourself. It's to constantly be thinking about and going over the Scripture. Get a Scripture during the, the morning, your morning Bible reading, and I trust you do that of a morning, and get a scripture that the Lord just brings to you. If you have to write it down on an index card or write it down on a piece of paper, or, or you don't even have to do that anymore, you can put it in your notes on your phone. Isn't that an idea? Amen. But where you can have it there, and throughout the day, I mean, this scripture has spoken to you, and throughout the day, pull that out and look at it and just think about it and meditate on it. Oh, I'm telling you, it's life changing. It's life transforming. You're putting the life of God in you through the, through the word of Almighty God. Amen? Come on, amen? amen. Hallelujah. But, but, but it's, a, it's, a, it's such a blessing. Jeremiah said this in Jeremiah 15, 16. He said, your words were found and I did eat them. I did eat them. And your word was the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. It doesn't mean that Jeremiah pulled pages out of the, out of the scroll of the, of the scriptures and stuck it in his mouth and ate it. But in a spiritual context, listen, this is your food. This is your nourishment. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? By every what? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So, so there's got to be some folks that still love the book. There's got to be some folks, and I believe there's a few here. You know, you, I don't think you would be at church on a Sunday night when you could do, be doing something else, and a lot of people are doing something else, but there's a few, thank God. There's still a few. I said there's still a few of us that love the Word of God and love the book and will come to hear the Word of God being taught and being preached and, 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 and want their lives to be changed by the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Proverbs 4 and... Uh, Verse 20, he says this, My son, attend to my words, 
Incline thine ears to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart, for they are... And he's talking about the Word of God. He's talking about giving attention to the Word. Letting them not depart from your eyes. He's talking about meditation there on the Scriptures. And here he says this, for they are life. What? The Word. God's words are life to those that find them. And I love this, and they are health to all their flesh. I just preached this morning about the healing ministry of the Lord Jesus. And here, the writer of Proverbs, Solomon, says that if you will hide the word in your heart, that the word of God is actually health to your flesh, he said. Didn't he say that? Health to your flesh. Amen. Another word for that word health, actually in the margin of my Bible here, that word health, the Hebrew for that is medicine. So the, the word of God, he said, is medicine to your flesh. It's medicine to your spirit. It's medicine to your soul. But it's also medicine to your flesh. Now, if you, went, if, you, if you weren't feeling good and you went to the doctor and he wrote you a prescription and said, take this home and take, uh, you know, take one pill uh, four times a day, three times a day, whatever, you'd get home and you would follow those directions and you would make sure that... But why? Because if you take the medicine, it's going to do some good in your life. Well, can I tell you, this right here is the best medicine that you can ever get a hold of and take. If you'll fall in love with the Word, fall in love with the book, hide it in your heart, study it and pray over it and meditate on it. It's life and medicine to all your flesh. Amen? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So there's still a few that love this book. And you know what? I believe that there's still a few that, that lean on the promises. Woo! There's a few. Those that love the book learn how to lean on the promises. And can I tell you something today, church? We, we, we need to learn how to lean. Remember that old song, learning, I'm learning to lean, learning to lean on Jesus, finding more power than I ever dreamed. I'm learning to lean on Jesus. Hallelujah. We have been given. Now listen to me. Peter said in 2 Peter 1, 4, he talking about the Word of God, and he said that we have been given exceeding great and precious promises. Now, he, he refers to the, to the Word of God as exceeding great, not just great, but exceeding great. That word great uh, there, and we've talked about that before, the word megas, and it has exceeding added to it. So it's a, it's a word now that means, it means it's more than just mega, but it's super mega. Amen. And that's what he said about the promises of God. Do we understand the benefit and the blessing that the promises of God have, have for us? That's why, you know, if we really believed in those promises, I think we would be searching the Scriptures every single day to find the promises of God and hold on to the promises of God. They're great and they're precious because they hold the answer. They hold the answer to all of life's problems. 
Anytime anybody, you know, comes uh, to me for counseling, and uh, I don't really refer to it as counseling. I refer to it as personal ministry because I'm going to minister to them in that counseling session the same way I would from behind the pulpit, only on a one-on-one basis because I'm going to give them from the Word of God what they need to hear regarding their problem. Why do you do that? Because there isn't any solution to any problem outside of this book. Amen. Uh, You know, you can give them, you know, all this uh, uh, secular, humanistic type counseling stuff and all that and uh, just keep them coming back, coming back. But if you can get them to see their problem and see the answer to their problem is right here in the promises of God and in the Word of God, I'm telling you what, there'll be a solution. They can... They can come out of that thing with victory. Amen? Is that right? So we've got to learn to lean on the promises. They're exceeding great. They're exceeding precious promises for us. And they can be trusted. And they can be leaned on. And listen to me. God, God's word. God is not a man that he should lie. Nor the son of man that he should repent. If he said it. You can put it in the bank. If he said it, he will do it. If he spoke it, guess what? He will bring it to pass. That's what the Bible says. That the Lord cannot lie. And if he, if he made you a promise to you, you can stand on that promise. Thank God there's still a few folks out there today that will lean on the Word and lean on the promise and trust in the promises of Almighty God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Listen to this. Promises are declarations that God made to his that God has made of his intentions to be to bestow blessings upon his faithful people. Let me say that again. Promises are declarations that God has made of his intentions to bestow blessings upon his faithful people. Uh, that's a and, and, and I think the key word there is faithful. Boy, that got quiet all of a sudden there. Um, 2 Corinthians 1.20 said that, that all the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him are amen. So in other words, if He made a promise in that word to you, then the answer to that is yes. The Lord's not going to make a promise and then say, no, I'm not going to fulfill it. But, oh, Brother Rick, there had to be a but in there, didn't they? But there are no unconditional promises of God. Let me say that again. There are no unconditional promises of God. All the promises have a condition attached to them. Do you know that little word, little two-letter word, if? If. That little word is used 15, over 1,500 times in the Scripture. And it most always when it's used, it refers to some condition that has to be met in order for the promise that God's getting ready to give you is to be fulfilled. If. My people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. 
Well, we could just skip to the end of that and we could read that part where it says, I will forgive your sin and heal, the, heal your land. Well, you forgot the if. There's some stuff that comes before that. Jesus said in John 15 and 7, and I love this, this promise, but it's a promise concerning prayer. And he said in John 15 and 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be done. Now, we like to take that last half of that. Or Jesus said, you ask what you will and it shall be done. And we can just shout all over the place on that. But, but, but see, we're leaving part of that out because he, he said first, he gave a condition. None of the promises are unconditional. Jesus said first, if you what? Abide in him. And if his words abide in you, then you can ask what you will, and it shall be done. Over and over and over throughout the Bible. I mean, we could go on and on and on. And some of you are probably sitting there thinking, please don't. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we want the blessings of the Lord in our life, don't we? We want to see God's promises fulfilled in our life, don't we? I mean, even the healing covenant that the Lord gave in Exodus 15 and 26 where He revealed Himself as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth, there were some conditions that preceded that. And the Lord told, that, told, told the people of Israel, well, let me just read it to you. It shouldn't take me just a second to get there. Exodus 15 and, and 26, listen to what He said to them. And this is an awesome promise. He said, if, see, there's that word again. Pops right up, doesn't it? If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in His sight, and will give ear to His commandments, and God just keeps adding to it, don't He? And will keep all of His statutes. Then I will put none of these diseases, or permit none of these diseases, which I have brought upon the Egyptians to come upon you, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. So the covenant promise of healing was to Israel if they obeyed the Lord. As long as they stayed true to the covenant, and as long as they obeyed the Lord, God held up to His end of the bargain. Come on, somebody. Amen? And so there's that word if again. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Amen. I'm preaching to that few tonight that love the book. So turn to, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Listen to this, verse 1. And it shall come to pass. This is God speaking, Deuteronomy 28.1. And it shall come to pass if... Thou shalt hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all His commandments that which I command you this day that the Lord thy God will set thee high above all the nations of the earth and all these blessings. Listen, oh, here's what we like to shout about. And all these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. You know, I've said this before. You don't have to go hunting the blessing of God. You just get in Christ and you live for Jesus and you put the Lord first in your life and the blessing, you won't have to hunt the blessing. The blessing will run you down and it'll chase you down and it'll come looking for you. Amen? He said all these blessings, these blessings shall come on you and overtake you. Listen, if you shall hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. And then he goes on to tell them they'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the field and the fruit of their body would be blessed and the fruit of their ground and the fruit of their cattle and of their kind.
kine and of the flocks of their sheep. He said blessed would be their basket, their store, and uh, they would be blessed when they come in and they would be blessed when they go out. Well, what other, what other, what else could you need? I'm blessed when I'm leaving in the morning. I'm blessed when I'm coming home at night. Come on, amen. All we have to do is stay true to the covenant and keep our faith anchored in the Lord Jesus Christ and lean upon his promises. His promise will hold you up if you'll lean upon his word. Would you give the Lord a praise offering tonight? Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. But they're not unconditional. So meet the conditions and claim the promises and stand upon them and be a part of that few that still lean upon the promises. But I believe that there's some folks here. There's just a few. But I believe there's still a few that not only love the book and lean on the promises, but I believe that there's a few that still long for revival. I'm one of those. I'll, I'll identify myself tonight. I am one of those who still long for revival. It was, uh, the psalmist cried out in Psalm 85 and 6 in that prayer, and he said, Lord, wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? What a prayer to pray. We've been praying along those lines here at Abundant Life Family Church for quite some time. We do it every Tuesday and every Saturday in our prayer meetings. We, we pray for God, for a move of God, for a manifestation of the power of God. And I believe that there's still some people in this in this area that would love to see a move of God. I believe there's still a few in Abundant Life Church. and We need to get together and begin to pray and believe God for this. There's still a few that long for revival and long for, for a move of God. Still a few that long for and thirst for a restoration of Pentecostal power back into the church of the Lord Jesus Christ again. Amen. We've got to have that. A New Testament revival, a move of God, a spiritual awakening for this nation. The only thing that will save America will be a spiritual awakening. Revival is the only answer for this nation. And I believe there's still a few who long for that move of God and long for that revival. In Psalm 44, 1, the writer says this, We've heard with our ears, O God. Our fathers have told us what work thou didst in their days in the times of old. How many of y'all have, you know, I'm, I'm second, second, generation, maybe third, second generation Pentecost, and I've heard my forefathers talk about the works of God and what God did for them in, the, in their day. Some of the moves of God that took place in their day. My family, and you've heard me tell this before, I guess the reason I have such a heart for revival is because my family, our family, my brother Mike here, my, my, his, his grandparents, which were my aunt and uncle, my, my, uh, my mom, dad, and my other aunt and uncle, my mom's sister, hus her husband, my grandma, all of my family, they got saved at First Assembly of God there in, in Cape Girardeau, and it was, it was either a six or an eight week revival and get this, Sister Denise isn't in here to hear this, get this it was a woman evangelist 
Praise God. How about that? Amen. Amen. Those people that don't believe in women preachers, let them put that in their pipe and smoke it for a little while. Glory to God. (laughs) But it was a a woman evangelist. I can't remember her name right offhand. But... um, but she was there, uh, Hofstetler, I believe, Sister Hofstetler. I was going through online an old, old Pentecostal evangel from back in the 30s, 40s, and so were Fern Hofstetler back in those days was preaching revivals. She was the evangelist that preached the revival at First Assembly of God, and all my family in that revival got born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, and some of them even called into the ministry. Amen? My dad got called into the ministry. My uncle got called into the ministry. Uh, my, uh, my uncle uh, Howard, Mike's grandfather was called, was a deacon of that church in later years and they all got saved in a revival. We need you see, God help us today. Wouldn't it be awesome? Would not it be awesome to have such a move of God and such a revival right here at Abundant Life Family Church that scores of people would get saved and be added to the body of Christ and be called into to the ministry. I long for that. Oh, give us a few people tonight, Lord, that will long for a move of God, that will long for an outpouring of the Holy Ghost, that will long for a return and a restoration of Pentecostal power into the church of the Lord Jesus Christ today. Amen? I long for revival. But there's still a few that not only long for revival, but they also, there's still some, and I'm one of them, that like the glory. Amen? There ain't too many today that like the glory. There's not too much talk about the glory. You know what the glory of God is? The glory of God is none other than, nothing else but, but it's the manifestation. It's the manifestation of the presence of God in our midst. And can I tell you when the glory shows up and the power of God's spirit is manifested in our midst there are life changing things that happen in us come on somebody we need the glory I like the glory I like to be where the glory is falling I like to get under the spell where the glory of God is poured out come on I like it I like it I like it Woo! Man. The manifest the manifest presence of God. Not just so you're not can feel good, but the glory of God will change us. Listen to me. We had a we had a taste of that glory this morning. How many will agree with that? Now, there's a few that liked it so much, they came back tonight. Yes. <laughs> Amen. But, but we had a touch, a, 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 a touch of that glory of the Lord in the service this morning. We have some good services. We have the, the, uh, the manifestation of God's Spirit on a pretty regular basis. Evangelists come in here and preach. And they tell everyone, Brother Bobby told me the same thing. He said, Pastor, he said, don't, I don't run into this everywhere I go. I'm, I'm thankful, not that he don't run into it, but that we got it here. The glory of the Lord. I like the glory. There's still a few that do. Do you like the glory? 
Amen. When they were dedicating Solomon's temple, it said that it came even to pass that as the trumpeters, oh my, here we go. Woo, here's the importance of, of this worship. Here's the importance of these drums and piano and guitars and violins and the, the music and the singing. It came to pass as the trumpeters and the singers were as one. Oh, come on. To make one sound, to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord that when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and Brother Giles with the cymbals and the instruments of music and they praised the Lord saying, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever, that then, when, then, when, when they lifted up their voice in one accord, thanking and praising God. When they, with one accord, begin to play the music in worship to God, and they begin to praise the Lord, that then it said the house was filled with glory, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Oh, do it again in this new covenant dispensation of grace. Fill the house with your glory. Hallelujah. That's why I say that, you know, that's why I try to encourage us to worship the Lord together in one accord, in one voice. Hallelujah. That's why I encourage unity on the platform. Unity among the singers and the musicians. Unity out here in the pew because when we're all come together in in one accord, in one mind, and worship and praise and thank the Lord. He will manifest His presence. He inhabits the praise of His people. He will sit down on that praise and the glory of God will fill the house. And I like the glory. I said, I like the glory of the Lord. Woo! So when we can be transformed and changed. That's what we must have. The priests could not even stand to minister. Somebody said, well, where is it in the Bible about people falling under the power of the Spirit? Well, there's one place right there that I just read. They could not, the priests could not stand up to do their priestly duties or to minister in the temple. They couldn't stand. Because their glory, the word glory is the Hebrew word kabod, and it means weight or heaviness. The glory had such so filled the house that they couldn't stand. They were either, they were prostrate before the Lord because of the glory of the Lord. What about in the New Testament? I just read it, I just read it yesterday morning. Saul was on his way to Damascus to arrest some Christians and put them in jail. And a great light shone out of heaven brighter than the noonday sun and knocked him down off his horse. That was the glory of God that arrested him and knocked him to the ground. Yeah, listen, the glory can be so strong in a service upon an individual that you can't 
even stand up. You've got to prostrate yourself before Almighty God because of the glory of the Lord that has filled the house of God. Is there, is there people that get in self and fall? Yeah. Now it did get quiet. That's why, that's why you have to have somebody to catch them. I've heard people say, well, I, bless God, we ain't catching nobody. If it's God, they won't get hurt. And that's true. I've seen people fall and, and their head pop on the concrete floor like that and they never phase them because it was the power of God. I've heard the preach, I've heard the old time preacher say, if it's God, it won't hurt them. And if it ain't God, it ought to hurt them. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that was pretty good. That was a that was a pretty good philosophy back in the old days. But now everybody's so sue happy. Amen. You better have somebody to ease them down on the floor a little bit. If they get in the flesh and fall and it in the Lord, you don't want anybody getting hurt. Come on, somebody. Amen. How did we get off on that? <laughs> There's still a few, I'm closing, that love the book and lean on the promises and long for revival and like the glory. And last of all, there's still a few, and they're getting more few and far between all the time. And that is those who are still looking for His coming. I want to be among that number of those few that are still looking for His coming. I've been saying it quite a bit lately. Please don't, don't get weary of hearing it. But Jesus is coming. Amen. The catching away of the church is very close at hand. The rapture is, is getting ready to take place. And I believe with all of my heart that the Lord is, is getting ready, His bride, His church, to take her to the to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Do you believe that? Amen. Jesus is coming. And He wants us to be looking, expecting, and longing for His coming. I get excited when I get to thinking about it. Worship team, you can come on back. I get excited when I get to thinking about the rapture and what's going to happen that in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we're going to be caught up to be with the Lord in the air, to be in heaven with that resurrected body, you know, mentioned this morning, that glorified body. But I want Abundant Life Church, you know, to be that group, though we may be few, that are still looking for His coming, for His appearing. Amen? Let me read a verse of Scripture to close this out. Philippians chapter 3. I don't know if I wrote this. Did I give this to you? Philippians chapter 3 says this. Let me find it. Praise God. There it is. For our conversation, that word means citizenship. It's an old English word for citizenship. 
Newer translations have it that way. For our citizenship is in heaven. From whence we what? Look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That next verse. Who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Looking for the appearing of the Lord. Are you looking for Jesus? Are you ready for him to come back? Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Lift up our hands this evening and let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.